we've been uh, speaking into the fourth dimension. I wonder if the really red screen is uh, going to come up behind me. Maybe it will. There we go. Really red screen. Fourth dimension. Who's come to the previous weeks before this? A fair few. Amazing. Oh, Ben, thank you. Can we put our hands together for the worship team? Um, the fourth dimension, I, uh, this, this series actually prompted me to download the audio book a couple of weeks ago and begin listening. And honestly, it has changed the way that I pray for things. Uh, particularly in the, in the sphere, we've been talking about different elements of faith and answers to prayer. Dr. Yongi Cho, uh, I don't know if it still is, but it was and still probably is, grew the biggest church in the world, more than one million members. Like that, that's a ton of people in one church. And he did that through revelations that he shares about in this book, revelations of what it means to pray, to have faith and to see answers to prayer. One of the, some of the things that we've been covering uh, is using your imagination. And that's the thing that's probably really just revolutionized my prayer through this series. And I would encourage you to go back and listen to those sermons. We also spoke about the law of incubation, getting a, a promise on the inside and letting it build and letting it grow until you see it be birthed. And we spoke about uh, the mindset of the miraculous and Pastor Dan did a phenomenal message of that uh, last week and I would encourage you to, to go and listen to those and just, I know that I'm going to go back and just really uh, press into this because answered prayer is, is so vital. Answered prayer is what shows the world who God is. It says that we partake in the divine nature of God through his great and precious promises in 2 Peter. So there's, there's a nature through answered prayer that shows the world who we are as Christians. And so it's so vital for us uh, to really lean into that. The other things that uh, Dr. Yongi Cho teaches and that we've been speaking about these last few weeks is that uh, just this concept that we live in a, a natural realm that you, the, that you and I can see, that you and I can touch, that he calls this the third dimension. But then it explains that there's a spiritual realm, things that we can't see. He explains that uh, this spiritual realm actually uh, overshadows and influences the natural realm. Now, this spiritual realm, as he calls it, the fourth dimension, can be influenced by different things. It can be influenced by our own spirits, by the Holy Spirit, and by evil or demonic spirits. All of those things are real. Now, this is the reason that some of that self-help stuff really works. Because as you begin to use your human spirit to speak positive, to think positive, to do these things, it actually has some influence over the natural. It's also why you see in some other religions and other spheres an element of power, an element of the supernatural. We're not here saying those things are not real. They're very real. But I want to tell you that the source of those is not from the Holy Spirit or God. And ultimately, those things come to embondage you. They come to bring fear. They come to trap you. Many people that have come out of those things say, every time I was in that stuff, even though it excited me and I got to see stuff, it always left me feeling scared, feeling trapped, not being able to escape. And if that was you tonight, uh, I want to tell you that you're in the right place. That if you've delved into some of that stuff, you're not trapped and you can be set free. And you're in the right place because the Holy Spirit, out of all of those things, evil spirits, our spirit, the Holy Spirit trumps all. The Holy Spirit is the one that really in the fourth dimension reigns over everything. And as Christians, we get to, through our human spirit, connect with the Holy Spirit and begin to see answers to prayer in this third dimension by coming and moving in this fourth dimension. 
And so Yongi Cho uh, really just opens this up for us and begins to uh, bring revelation in this. And again, I would encourage you, even if you haven't started reading the book, it's not too late. If you're like me, it's really hard to sit down with a 12-week-old and a new career and all the other craziness of life. But audiobooks uh, are, are amazing. Uh, you put them on when you're in the car, while you're walking, mowing, whatever you're doing. Uh, but I would encourage you to uh, download that one. But the fourth principle that we're going to talk about of faith today is the power of our word or the power of the word. Everyone say, my words have power. <laughs> Science actually uh, continues to, and it often does, uh, unpack ancient biblical truths. Science, I love, I did a science degree before my medical degree, and I love it because I feel like all science is, is unpacking the reality and the beauty and the magnificence of God. It's discovering Him. And it, it's began to show things like, I love this, I was reading a few studies uh, leading into this, and it said uh, actually in one study that I read that if you speak negatively while you're experiencing a painful stimulus, you'll report higher pain scores than those who aren't. So in other words, if you're, if you're experiencing someone and your language is negative, you'll experience more pain. It says that um, you're, like, you're more likely to heal from a musculoskeletal injury if you speak positive words. Things like, my shoulder is getting better. Oh, I can feel it getting better. Oh, today is a better day. Little things like that. Studies have actually shown. Statistically, you get better. Other things, while you're exercising, if you're being encouraged, um, you actually tend to report more enjoyment. It, it tends to report less pain while, while exercising and more tendency to go and exercise again compared to those who weren't. So maybe that's uh, someone's motivation to get a PT. Make sure you get a really flamboyant, positive one. It's just shouting encouragement, but nah. Um, but our words carry power, whether for good or for evil. And this is why uh, God's made it this way. You see in the Bible, it's really interesting. The first uh, use of language was not for communication, but the first use of language was for creation. And it's the same with us today. We're made in the image of God. We're called to communicate with people, but we're called to create with our words, whether good or evil. And some of the reasons that it tells in the book that we should speak the, the Word of God over our life, the first of those is for a successful personal life. I love this scripture in the book of James. Uh, it's in chapter 3, verses 2 to 4. It says, If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to bridle his whole body. If we put bits in the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they're large, driven by strong winds, they're guided by a very small rudder, whether the will, uh, where, wherever the will of the pilot directs. You see, our tongue is like a ship's rudder. If we can steer that thing in the right direction, it can dramatically change our lives. The trajectory of your life hinges on the way that you speak. And if that's the case, then what is the most powerful thing that we can speak? Above speaking positive, above speaking uh, good things, above vo avoiding negativity, the most powerful thing that you and I can speak is the Word of God. The Word of God, it says, is perfect. The Word of God is true. The Word of God is right. And so as we begin to get the Word of God on our lips, you watch the trajectory of your life begin to change. See, I love this. The Bible says, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. The other thing that the Bible says is that above all else, guard your heart. Why? God says if you guard your heart and this is safe, your lips will change. And if your lips change, your life changes. You see, that's why so often someone comes into church, their heart begins to get healed and they begin to get saved. And all of a sudden their language changes. And it's not because of, a, oh, I'm going to do better. I'm not going to swear. I'm not going to do this. No, it's because God addresses the heart 
And now suddenly the mouth changes. And so that's why it's so vital for us as we want to speak the Word of God to protect our heart at the same time. The other purpose that God wants us to use His Word for is to bring about His purposes or to let them be established. I love in Genesis 1, 1 to 3, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and was void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of the Lord was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. I love that this scripture reveals something amazing. It's that the Holy Spirit can be present, yet nothing's changing. He's hovering. He's searching. He's waiting for something. That something is for you to speak the word of God. I love that. It says, and then God said, let there be light, and then there was light. Holy Spirit hovering over the face of the earth, waiting when the word comes, transformation begins to happen. And it's the same in our life. You see, the Holy Spirit, I like to think about him uh, as like a holy carpenter. He's looking to create, he's looking to produce the will of God in your life. But he needs the material to do that with. The thing is, he doesn't supply the material. We do. We supply the material. It says in Jeremiah 1.12, Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well. For what? For I am ready to perform my word ready to perform his word. You see, you and I have so much power in our lips. The Holy Spirit's hovering over your life, waiting for you to speak so that he can move. Like that convicts me to read my Bible. That convicts me to say, Lord, today I want to search your word to find out what you're saying, and I want to speak it so that my life can begin to change. You see, it's my job as a husband, it's my job as a father to speak the word of God over my children, over my wife, over my family. It's my job, your job, our job to speak the word of God over our finances, over our spheres. God has given us an assignment to establish his will in the earth. You see, God doesn't come. He, he doesn't come and just force his will into this earth. He uses Christians. He uses people like you and I to release his word so that he can build. Now, this takes a, a level up uh, or a supercharged version of the truth of speaking God's word when we begin to not just speak what God has said, but we begin to speak what God is saying. The, 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 this book, chapter four, it starts to talk about this really cool thing called the rhema word of God. The rhema word of God. In the Greek, uh, so the New Testament is written in Greek, and there's two words that it uses for the word word. It uses uh, rhema or logos. And this is really important to understand because they're very uh, same but different. And you see, logos is the written word of God. It's the Bible. It's Genesis to Revelation. It's about Jesus. It's his will. It's his word. It's the thing that you and I should read every day so that we can get a real deep understanding of who God is, what God likes, what God doesn't like, how to please him, how to live for him, how to conduct our lives. It's the written word of God and it's vital for our lives. The thing is though, the Bible doesn't say that faith comes by the Logos. It says in Romans 10, 17, it says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. This word in this scripture, Romans 10, 17, is rhema. In other words, rhema is how faith comes. Rhema is how we get the kind of faith that it talks about in Matthew 17, 20. It says, for truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Like 
You need supernatural faith if you're going to tell a mountain to move and it to happen. You see, you can read that in your carnal mind, in your reasoning and say, okay, the word of God is true, which it is. And so if I say to this mountain, it's going to move and it will move and you can try and try and try and it may or may not happen. But when I can guarantee it will happen is when God reveals that scripture to you and it begins to become rhema. I love Dr. Cho's definition of rhema. He says rhema is a specific word to a specific person for a specific situation. See, rhema is when the Holy Spirit hovers over his logos or the word and suddenly brings a scripture alive to your heart. And suddenly a specific word about a specific situation in your life begins to be given to you and with it comes an impartation of faith. And that faith is not man-made. It's so deep that you're like, it's done. You know that you know that you know that in the natural nothing may have changed, but in the spirit it's yours. And that's what the rhema word of God is. It's an impartation of faith. You see, Peter, Peter, I love this story. Peter didn't walk on the water through the logos, but he walked on water through the rhema word of God. You see, a specific word came to a specific person, Peter. The specific word was come. In the specific situation, a storm, and he stepped out of the boat and walked. Yongi Cho uses a pretty uh, graphic but powerful illustration in his book, a story of actually something that happened in Korea where there was three young girls and at the time there was heavy storms and there was floods. And these three young girls wanted to get to a youth meeting. They were Christian girls and they couldn't because of the floodwaters. And so they banded together and they said, oh, we come and we believe with Peter's faith that if we stand on this word and we can walk on water and we'll be safe and we'll get to the meeting. And so they did that. And because God hadn't told them to do that, God hadn't brought this scripture alive to them, they got into the floodwaters and they passed away. And he tells this example that it caused this upheaval in the churches in Korea, being like, how could God do such a thing? How could God let these people down? But the thing is, it wasn't God that told them to do that. You see, we have a will. And that will, God never pushes through and overcomes our will. You see, he he invites, he comes alongside He comes upon, he gives, he doesn't force his way. And so I want to encourage you tonight that if there's situations in your life that you need breakthrough for, the greatest thing that you can do is press into God and ask for a rhema word. I remember uh, I was believing for years to get into medical school, years and years and years. And uh, I was praying and praying and praying. And finally, I got an offer to go to, to Wollongong University, which would have meant multiple things. I was excited, pumped. I'd been trying for seven years at that point. So I was so excited to get this offer. And I was like, God, I I just, I need a rhema word. Like this is giant. I'm going to uproot my entire life and go somewhere else. I'm going to leave my church family, my family, everything that I know. And I was praying and praying and praying. And he gave me uh, Isaiah 45, two to three. It said, I will go before you and level the exalted places. I will break in pieces doors of bronze, cut through bars of iron, and I will give you the treasures of darkness and hordes in the secret places that you may know that it is the Lord. And it hit me. I was like, you know what? As hard as it's been to get into medical school, I've got myself into Wollongong. Yes, it was a miracle, but not really. And then I got this scripture and it came so alive to me and I'm like, God is going to do something crazy. He's going to smash through bars of iron. He's going to do something that... And I was like, I have no idea what it was. And so after seven years of trying, I said no to that offer. And within three months, a brand new medical school starts on the Sunshine Coast. And within one year, I get in. 
And that's because of a rhema word. You see, a rhema word may have saved me a whole heap of pain. I may have ended up somewhere that I shouldn't have been. But because of God's faith and favor, uh, I am where I am, which is amazing. Yeah, praise God. One last example of, of what rhema is, is, is some of you may know the, the story in John 5 about the pool of Bethsaida. Basically, it was this place in, the, in, the, uh, in Israel where there was a pool and cripples would get laid around this place, people with limbs that don't work, all kinds of stuff. And the reason that they would get placed there is because occasionally the angel of the Lord would come and stir the water. And when that happened, the first one to get in the water would be healed. It's crazy. It's hard to even imagine. But it, it was the case. The thing was, though, like this pool that needed to be stirred before power came, it's the same with the Word of God. You see, like the Logos, it's like the, the Bethsaida pool. But when the Holy Spirit comes and stirs it, suddenly something comes alive and a miracle can happen. You see, that pool was the same pool every day. But if you jumped into it whenever you wanted going, I'm going to get healed, you wouldn't have. But when God stirred the water, now suddenly you jump in that water and you're healed. And it's the same. But the thing that I love about this story is that many would just sleep next to the pool, sit next to the pool, waiting for the water to be stirred. It's the same with us. We should sit with the Word of God, wait with the Word of God, lay by the Word of God, reading it continually. Why? Because at any moment, a rhema word can come and what God can do in a second, we could take years to try and do. And so I want to encourage you, if there's dust on your Bibles, blow it off. I'm telling you, there's nothing more powerful than reading the Word of God every day. I just want to get super practical for a, for a bit. And uh, as I was praying into how to finish this message, I thought it would be pretty helpful to really just encourage us on how to receive a rhema word. See, I've spoken about reading your Bible, but it's more than that. You see, to receive rhema, you really need to be with Jesus consistently. See, I was driving my car today and just thinking about this yesterday, actually, and I felt like God said, anyone can know what someone has said, but it takes being with someone to know what they're saying. You see, anyone can know what Jesus said. They can read the Bible. They can know what he said, but you need to be with Jesus to know what he's saying. And that's what it means to come into his presence. You see, it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But who is the author and perfecter of our faith? It says in the book of Hebrews 12, 12, it says Jesus is the author, the perfecter of our faith. You see, it's more than just opening your Bible, but it's coming to it with an expectation that you're not coming to a book. It says that Jesus is the Word made flesh. It says that Jesus is the Word that came down from heaven and dwelt among us. In other words, it's not just a religious book, but something that you can open and you can engage your heart with and you can say, Holy Spirit, I want you today to reveal what Jesus is saying to me. It's sitting every single day and saying, Lord, I need your voice. David says it perfectly. Oh, I love it. David says, if you remain silent, it's like I'm those in the pit. In other words, I'm dead. I'm cut off. If you remain silent, if I don't hear your voice, I may as well be dead. We need that same hunger and expectation to say every single day, I'm going to open this word of God and I'm going to sit and I'm going to read and I'm going to come by faith and believe that Jesus today is going to speak to me. Because if Jesus speaks to you, your entire life will change. 
One word from Jesus to your heart can shift things. One word from Jesus to your heart can heal things. One word from Jesus to your heart can change your entire outlook on life. And so I want to encourage us today. I want to actually give us a moment to let him do that. You see, so often it comes by reading your word, but sometimes it's just sitting with him. Sometimes it's closing your eyes and saying, Jesus, I'm here and you want to be with me and I want to be with you. See, why would Jesus design a way to receive answers to prayer separate from his presence? You see, that would be like a lottery machine. Jesus makes it that it comes by the word that comes from his mouth. Why? Because he wants to be with you. He wants you to sit with him. He wants you to hear what he has to say. He doesn't just want you to go about your life seeing answers to prayer with him over there. He wants you. And I'm here to say that relationship with Jesus like that is everything. If I don't have the bread that comes down from heaven, the word of God every day, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. And we should all have that hunger and expectation in us that we need God's word. So can we just close our eyes for a little bit? And it'll let Shekinah just play over us. But it's as easy as getting still. It's as easy as waiting. God's going to begin to give some of you pictures of things that you've been praying for for a long time. Just let him fill your imagination for a moment. Keep waiting. He's giving people pictures right now, pictures of answers to prayer, pictures of loved ones coming back to God, pictures of body parts being healed. There's others of you I feel like God's simply saying, delight in me. See, desires of our heart are important they can never be a higher desire than him. 
I believe there's people in this room that if you'll delight yourself in the Lord, that He will give you the desires of your heart. Delighting in Him looks like this. Father, I thank you that you speak. Thank you that you're not a silent God. You're not distant. Come to impart words to us that bring life. Father, I pray that as we go into this week, and as we sit with you in your word, I pray that it would come alive. That you would stir the water of our hearts. That our eyes would come to see what you're doing, that we would see in the supernatural what's going to take place before it does in the natural, that faith would come alive in our hearts. But above everything, Jesus, Lord, we delight ourselves in you. We love you, Lord. We adore you, Jesus. You are the delight the joy, the peace of our hearts. I pray Jesus become so real to us tonight that we would leave here forever changed. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm going to pass over to Pastor John. Thank you, John.